Hello and welcome to Business Line Podcasts and yet another episode of People at Work which dives into workplace behavior and the changing workplace dynamics. The show is hosted by Kamal Karan, co-founder of specialist staffing firm Exfino. In this episode, Kamal looks at acceptable workplace conversations. Small talk at work could cost you friends and sometimes even your job. Increasingly, we find that a lot of conversation around politics, religion, elections and even marriage are becoming polarizing. As for money talk, it can lead to misunderstandings between the employer and the employee. So what exactly are acceptable conversations? Joining Kamal is Divya Khanna, author of The Company We Keep, Insights into Indian Corporate Culture. Together, they discuss what are the questions best left unasked and what are the permissible conversations we can have at work. Hi, Divya. I welcome you to People at Work, our podcast, which is related to workplace dynamics. Thank you so much, Kamal. Our today's focus, Divya, is around what seems as casual conversations, but can cross the line sometimes. I remember this uh, instance once we were hiring a general manager mm -hmm. and I wanted my boss to meet her. So when we met her, you know, obviously I was also there introducing her and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So it started with as, you know, interviews happen in terms of icebreaker conversations, where is your house? How did you come here? Kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And suddenly as an extension of this, yes, are you married? She paused and said, yes. And jokingly, she said twice, in fact, and I have a son too. And nonchalantly, he asked, is the son from the first marriage or the second? You know, I just wanted to hide my face at that point of time because yes. till that time she was playing along and suddenly her face became red. Yes. And this was not in India. This was in Australia, in Sydney, you know. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I didn't even know that people even answered that question, first of all. But she right. did to her credit and we eventually hired her. That is the first thing she told me after she came on board. What kind of questions do you guys ask? You know, right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I want to start by you know asking you know have you ever been posed a personal question that you felt awkward about but still went and answered? Do you mind sharing it? Yeah, of course, and it's it's the same question, uh, Kamal. You know, see, as women, know we are trained to actually be very, very conscious of personal safety. And you know, is somebody coming on to me? Is somebody, you know, is somebody, you know, having you know different intentions, right? When we meet in a professional setting, we want to keep it professional, right? But women are often asked, "Are you married?" And you know, sometimes it's just polite conversation, and sometimes it is asked with an intent, you know. And so it's really difficult to kind of, because you don't want to be rude. You don't want to kind of cut the conversation there. And yet at the same time, you want to be careful with what information you're sharing, right? Especially when you're meeting somebody for the first time. If you know somebody for a while and they ask you questions, you're probably comfortable enough to kind of gauge and know where they are coming from, right? So, you know, like you said, these kind of questions in an interview, I remember when my father started working abroad, he used to laugh and tell me that half the questions that he would ask in a candidate were not allowed in the US, you know, because they were banned, they were considered too personal. Whereas in India, because, you know, it's, it's a reflection of our social culture. When somebody meets me for the first time in a social setting, they will, one of the first questions they'll ask me is, are you married? And the same thing will happen in a work setting as well, right? So, you know, this happens all the time. And for, as a woman, it is a little awkward, you know. So I had an aunt who was much more outspoken than I am. And every time a colleague asked her, are you married? She would say, why are you proposing? You know, so she was very aggressive about it. I wouldn't want to be so aggressive because like, you know, you don't know how the other person is going to react. If it's just polite conversation, why are you kind of skewering them? 
Yeah, I agree. And those questions are quite common. I remember, you know, accompanying one of my colleagues to a client meeting mm. and she was wearing a new sari or whatever. And we were colleagues, so we had camaraderie and I was telling a new sari or what. And we went in and I think the client just couldn't hold himself mm. uh, at the end of the meeting. So he said, look, you're looking really stunning today. I and you know as I was about to react she said nonchalantly she said my husband also said the same thing in the morning his face was noteworthy at that point yeah. of time you know some people have the presence of mind to say certain things like that yeah. I know this podcast is triggered by a conversation I you know yeah. similarly heard the other day at the cafeteria yeah. you know one of my colleagues was asked asking her teammate in fact yeah. that who she voted for yeah. and you know, in the atmosphere that we work and it was really in the middle of the elections, you know, so many of opinions were happening around. I was like, you know, thinking, what are they asking, you know, and is it even allowed types? Yes. And many of our colleagues, as you know, ask personal questions, especially in India, like you said, you. some topics like politics and religion may be sensitive and can really create a rift. Mm. What's your take on discussions around politics and religion at an individual level with colleagues? You know, I see that happening all the time. In fact, before the Karnataka elections, I heard one of my senior colleagues asking my co-founder, you know, whom is he going to vote? And not only that, he was convincing him that he should vote for another party, you know, yeah. and yeah. it was happening in the hallway. That, you know, everybody was walking by and listening to that, you know, and it was like a loud conversation, you know, yes. and very, very animatedly they were discussing and it was a okay conversation, I should say. Mm. But you know, if we, uh, on the other hand, I'm also thinking if we can't discuss important topics like politics and work and yes. social settings, we are stuck talking about traffic and weather, which is more than boring, isn't it? Yeah, but to be honest, traffic and weather are the safest topics of conversation, right? Because you're always on the same side on that, right? If you're complaining about the weather, you can be sure the other person is also going to complain about the weather or the traffic, right? You can't say, oh, the traffic in Bangalore, and then somebody will say, oh, but I love the traffic in Bangalore. That's not going to happen, right? But, you know, with politics, that is going to happen. And, you know, the atmosphere actually, not just in India, but probably the world today is very polarized, you know? So I've heard lots of these, you know, where religious or political discussions have happened and then people become very vehement about it, you know, and trying to convert the other person. I feel the workplace needs to be a place of a little bit of, you know, it, it tends to be more formal. It should also be a little respectful, right? Even with your friends, you know, you would have had, even in social settings, you would have some conversations about religion which were very acrimonious and you would have had some very respectful real conversations where you're listening to the other side and you're trying to understand their point of view. So I would say that, you know, these are topics which, you know, you have to know the other person before you bring them up. I don't think you should bring them up with people you meet for the first time. But, but that's, of course, my personal opinion. <laughs> right, I agree. And you know, I keep doing this all the time. You know, sometimes uh, take advantage of being a founder of the company. I right. recently asked my colleague whose son was expecting CBSE result and mm -hmm. she said he's happy boss. And mm -hmm. we decided that he, we won't disclose his marks, you know. Mm -hmm. In my mind, you know, maybe marks come, you know. She replied yeah. that with a smile and she walked away. You know, that's the, yeah. I thought that was a normal question. Yes. Like many other person questions we ask without batting an eyelid, you know, which right. actually otherwise sometimes, like I said, can be perceived offensive depending on whom you're asking. Like like yes. I said earlier, at work we ask, married, how many kids, divorced, are the kids right. with you? You know, right. but I also want to ask you, do you think in India we have come to a stage where these questions can be considered intrusive and should be stopped completely? I think, see, this is a little difficult question to answer, Kamal, because it is a little individual, right? Like, for example, this question about the marks of the child, right? You thought, and probably I think as well, that it's a normal conversation when, a, you know, I, I may not ask the marks, but I would say, how has your child done, right? So, you know, you would ask these kind of questions. But the thing is, you know, are you asking with the thing of you have to tell me? Or are you asking with that, you know, I'm okay. If you say, I don't want to tell you, or you say 
something which is kind of evasive and I accept that, right? So I, I don't think we will ever be able to know what are the right questions to ask or how to ask them, As but we need to be prepared for what kind of answers we're going to get, right? And also, I think, you know, maybe what we need to do is take a cue because all my research shows that a lot of our cultural codes from our personal and social lives are what seep into the work culture. So, you know, how does it work in our personal lives? Are we more sensitive there? And if you're becoming more sensitive there, then of course that needs to come into work as well. If I'm concerned about a friend who's going through something, say like a divorce or, you know, chemotherapy or something, I may ask her very probing questions when we are one-on-one, but I wouldn't do that in front of a large group of people. I won't call out from one end of the room to the other and say, how's your new diet going, right? So if I won't do that to a friend, then will I do that to a colleague or somebody I know a little less, right? So I think that that's for us to ask. And I think the better part is to know that, okay, I asked a question, but if the other person doesn't want to reply or doesn't want to engage in the conversation, I have to accept that. agree, but you know, I need a better training on that because I keep asking that all the time. And it's also kind of an appraisal season for you know companies which have April to March kind of a cycle at this point right. of time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of discussions around money happens, you know, yes. amongst us. Yes. I don't know about you, but I've had people getting extremely emotional in the topic of money, yes. especially pay rises and the promotions, yes. bonuses. Yes. People start reacting strongly when they get right. unfavorable hikes. You know, I remember right. once somebody took a increment letter, said, thank you so much, happily went out. An hour later came back and said, well, how did that guy get so much and sat down angrily and fought with me, you know? Right. And yes. one recently said, you know, that he was humiliated by the hike I gave him, you know? So yes. money is a sensitive topic too. And many yes. of us don't know how to manage conversations around that. Your right. take? So on this, uh, Kamal, I've actually got some research in my book, which shows that, you know, for us, money is important in of itself, right? But it's also very important to us as a validation of where we stand. You know, so the, and that could explain the person who was happy when you gave him the increment and then came back later being unhappy because somebody else got something else, right? Because the thing is, it's kind of an indicator to us where we stack up in the hierarchy. And if we feel we stack a certain way, but the salary and the increment we get tells us we are stacked up a different way, it does make us unhappy. It may be right, it may be fair, or it may be wrong and unfair. We don't really know that, right? And, you know, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, in the... From a leadership and organizational standpoint, anybody who has a view into how salaries are decided, you know that it is not always fair and equitable, right? There are other factors that come into it. A lot of it is demand and supply, right? So you may pay somebody more because it's very difficult to kind of fill that role if that person were to leave versus paying somebody who has demonstrated much more loyalty and commitment to the job. But you know that if that person leaves, you know, you would have five other people willing to take that job at a lower salary. So, you know, those are the considerations. In my experience, when a colleague starts talking about salary and increments in hard numbers, you know, it's always a bad thing because either they're insecure about where they stack up. So they're trying to kind of get information out of you to kind of figure out where they are in that hierarchy and whether they have the upper hand or they know that they have upper hand and they're trying to make you feel unhappy or insecure. You know, so it is a very sensitive thing. And I feel it is sensitive, not just because of, you know, it's not about absolute numbers. It is about where I stack up because, you know, we are a hierarchical society and our corporate careers are where we see ourselves kind of being able to move up that hierarchy. And if our salary and our increments don't seem to be moving up, especially in relation because they're very competitive, right? You know, so I would like in an ideal world to say, okay, this is my contribution. And I feel whatever in absolute numbers, whatever salary I'm getting or whatever increment I'm getting, I'm happy with that. And I feel it's validating my need for working and, you know, the fact, the contribution I'm making. But at the same time, the minute I know somebody else's salary or increment at whom I see as a peer or as somebody I might compare myself to, it is going to lead to some disappointment or some, some unhappiness because suddenly I'm not happy anymore. 
Absolutely, Divya. And also, one more additional angle on the money fact mm. is that people also think that they've told you their personal situation. You know, somebody said, right. look, I remember somebody saying, uh, you know, I just bought a house. You know, my child mm. has started going to college. So after that, when they hear that they haven't got what they had asked for, so it right. feels like a letdown that, look, you know, my personal context and you still let me down. And I yes. think that also brings the emotions in people. And I guess it's very difficult to control. And suddenly I've left myself wondering, you know, is this the same person I knew? And I'm sure they must have felt the same that I've told you my need and you not kept your word, right? So yes. I guess money is a difficult one. And yes. lastly, I want to ask you this. A workplace bonding with colleagues, Divya, mm -hmm. results from socializing rather than the nature right. of the work we collaborate on, right? right? Many of us even share salaries, family yes. secrets, personal challenges in our inner circle of colleagues. Yes. Part of being valued in a relationship also means being heard and having people right. who care about you, what you've got right. to say, even if it means listening to, let's say, kind of an opposite views on politics, money or religion. Yes. Yes. Do you think we can still discuss discerning topics at work and still hold our relationships at work? Do you think our workplace conversations have reached that maturity yet? So I feel, Kamal, that, you know, it depends on the degree of closeness. So, you know, while there are real friendships at work and where, you know, all of this may be shared, you know, we also have a lot of, you know, what I call the frenemy style of relationships at work, where on the surface, everything is very cordial and friendly. But below the surface, there is a rivalry, there is a competitiveness, which is simmering, you know, and we kind of know who are our real friends and who are our frenemies, right? So discernment is, I think, which is something important, because until we can create and feel more psychological safety, to feel a sense of real community in, in workplaces, you know, probably discretion is the best policy, you know, a lot of the young people that I interviewed for my book, they were actually quite candid about it. They said that, you know, people like one person said that, you know, people at work are like your distant family, you know, so you want to be polite and you want to be friendly, but you want to keep them at a distance and you don't want to share too much. And then there are other people who say that, you know, if I share too much or if I become close to somebody, especially a boss, then that person can kind of use my vulnerability against me, you know, or because they feel close to me, they will put more of their work on me and I will feel obligated to do it because now we are more than just boss and employees. So there's a certain distance that people want to maintain in working relationships. And sometimes the distance is helpful. And sometimes it's not. So I think it's it again, it goes back to the discussion of the people involved, you know, and we have to be discerning about who are our real friends. And that's something that's true of us in life as well, right? Even in our socializing outside of work, there are some friends whom we can share everything with. And there are some people whom we would want to be careful about what information they have on us. I can't agree with you more, Divya. And Divya, I want to thank you on behalf of Hindu Business Line for joining us and sharing your views. I really enjoyed the conversation we had. And I urge all our listeners today to go read the interesting book Divya has written called The Company We Keep. Uh, it's about uh, the Indian corporate culture and many other things associated with that. Thank you, Divya, once again for joining us. Thank you so much, Kamal. This was one of the most interesting conversations I've had. Thank you very much. If you liked what you heard, please share the link. Also check out our site hindubusinessline.com for more multimedia content.